I'm Brittany Hardin-Tangway, a manager with KPMG, and I am fascinated by the practice of transfer pricing and its impact on the global market. Join me each episode as I explore the transfer pricing world with specialists who will explain the ins and outs of this niche practice where tax meets economics. Get your debit cards out. It's time to make a deposit into your knowledge bank for transfer pricing in another area of financial services, the banking industry. (laughs) So as an overview, banks operate as intermediaries between depositors, those who lend money to a bank, and borrowers, those who borrow. Interest is taken from those who borrow and paid out to those who lend, with banks in the middle keeping track of all of it. Now, when you consider that millions, perhaps even billions of transactions can occur for a single bank in one day, and then extrapolate that to the global footprint that many banks have, the complexity and volume of transactions only compounds, and it's ripe for transfer pricing analysis. So to explore this with us today, I have two brilliant people that specialize in banking within transfer pricing. Maggie Fritz, who's a principal in our New York office, and is the global banking leader for transfer pricing for KPMG. Welcome, Maggie. Hey, Brittany. Great to be here. And also, I have Bree Siciliano, a managing director based out of Chicago, who has a financial services specialty and does a lot of work in the banking industry. Welcome, Bree. Thanks, Brittany. It's great to be here. The banking industry is situated within the realm of financial services. Financial services is very large, and there are a lot of interconnected aspects to this industry. Many people think of financial services as its own industry, but we know there are some nuances because of the different types of transactions. It's not unusual for a financial services entity to have asset management and banking or some other aspect to it. When I think about the financial services industry and what separates it from the rest of transfer pricing, I think about the flows and transactions that are going cross-border. You're always dealing with services in any industry because you've got the head office allocation. You've got those expense allocations coming out. And that's certainly a big part of financial services, but there's also other pieces of it that you wouldn't see outside of financial services. When we think about those cross-border flows, it's where are the high-value functions and what does that look like when you don't have anything tangible? In those cases, the high value functions may be as simple as sales because that's bringing revenue in. Sales and marketing could be a high value function in the financial services or in banking where it wouldn't necessarily be outside of financial services. Across all financial services, one area of focus that's unique is the role of capital as an asset. And that's something that we pay a lot of attention to in the banking space. And then attached to that is risk management as a function. Who is managing that capital? Who's making decisions about how that capital can be used? Who's monitoring the impact of those decisions? So financial services, these are all really service-based. Your asset is capital. You're not dealing with tangible goods, but they are a little different because They are so high volume and there's a very nuanced language and you have to understand inherently how these transactions work. Banking is maybe a little bit different in the sense that it is so highly regulated. You're dealing with people's money here, so you have to be very conservative. It's really important in this space to be able to speak the language. Intercompany transactions are so integral to the operation of a bank that transfer pricing is central to what they do. In other industries, you might get a tax person who dabbles in transfer pricing on the side. What you see in the banking industry is typically a team of professionals dedicated to transfer pricing. Our banking clients are extremely sophisticated. That's one of the things I love about being in the space. 
being knowledgeable about the types of transactions, the value chains that exist in banking is really critical. They have to be knowledgeable because of that regulatory environment. If something is not quite right with the transfer pricing, that can lead them not just to issues with the IRS, but it also means that regulators can come in. When you're talking about regulatory, that's something that can shut the bank down. When we look at what a bank has a risk tolerance for, it's very much within what regulatory guidelines are out there understanding how the bank can operate is more than just how can we structure our taxes so it's most efficient. It's also how can we structure our taxes so it's most efficient and comply with all regulatory guidelines. That seems unique to me that you have to be so sophisticated in your transfer pricing rules as well as the the regulatory environment that banking requires. So Brie, what's one of your favorite types of transactions to work on? One of the things that's really interesting about the banking industry is you have people who are doing the same function and frequently a non-routine function by transfer pricing standards in different jurisdictions, researching and figuring out Do they all do it the same way? Do they all report into the same person? So is it centralized or is it decentralized? Do they report into a country lead or do they report into the product lead? Understanding how you identify what those non-routine functions are and therefore how the remuneration flows according to the transfer pricing rules. Do you find there's a lot of variation there or are there pretty standard operating models that you come to see? Typically the same functions are happening in various different ways with different clients. What changes is how the bank is structured in terms of management and functionally what that org chart looks like. That's where the functional interviews play a key role in determining how that specific bank organizes its functions. What you will see in banking is that there are functions that are common across products. So sales, trading, hedging, risk management, those are standard functions that we seek to understand who's doing what where. How you price those functions is going to depend upon a lot of factors, including how integrated they are. You can have a salesperson who's very much an integral part of pricing the transaction, the credit risk on that transaction, Or you can have a salesperson who their only job is to interface with the client and everything else in terms of risk management and pricing is done by the trader. So there's a lot of variation in terms of how integrated the functions are, what their purview is for risk management that come into play when we think about should that salesperson be priced on a cost plus or should that salesperson be part of a profit split? In addition, we spend a lot of time trying to understand how they manage their risks credit risk, market risk. These are really key risks for a bank and understanding how they're managed and where that risk is going to be realized in the event that there is a credit event or a market turn is important. And while they might be a risk that is realized once every few years, when it happens, the impact can be significant. And it's interesting to hear you guys talk about this because you're referring a lot to the functions, which we know every transaction has functions, assets, and risks. Because there are so many transactions in the banking space, you have to think about the functions first and recognizing that you're going to have a lot more transactions that occur from those functions as opposed to in other industries. The volume of data is immense. And in financial services in particular, we see the need for transfer pricing teams to be integrated with 
their finance teams and their accounting teams in order to be able to access the data that they need for compliance reporting under audit, to do any type of forecasting. They need to be immersed in that data, which is extremely complex. We often see transfer pricing teams within the banking sector include people who specialize in data and analytics and modeling. Maggie, you make a good point in terms of where you get the data and how important it is because there is so much data, how to understand that data and get what you need for tax purposes is a skill. And so that's why we see this idea of in-house transfer pricing people who work in banking have done it for years and are very integrated into the industry because understanding that volume of transactions and how to understand that data and draw out the pieces that you need for your tax reporting, that's a skill. The peculiarity about practicing transfer pricing for banking is the regulatory environment, emphasizing that having all of these people together and the people who understand transfer pricing and understand the regulatory environment they work with, they have to get data and they have to interpret. Could you speak to maybe some of their unique aspects of the challenges of practicing transfer pricing in this space? When we are doing transfer pricing for a bank, we're not just working with the tax department. We are also often working with the regulatory team and other stakeholders across the bank. Because in the U.S., for example, we have Reg W. And Section 23B of Reg W requires insured depository institutions to price transactions with affiliates on market terms. 23B Under the Federal Reserve Program, Section 23B provides that most transactions between a bank and its affiliates must be on terms and under circumstances that are substantially the same or at least as favorable to the bank as those prevailing at the time. Regulation 23B doesn't give a lot of direction as to what comprises market terms. We're left to turn back to 482, the U.S. Transfer Price and Regulations, in some cases the OECD guidelines for that direction. We're often asked to come in and assist with pricing for regulatory purposes. One of the things that's unique is that we work on an integrated team with our regulatory colleagues in advisory to deliver this service. We have not just our tax transfer pricing lens on things, but also this regulatory lens when we're pricing. Making sure that a bank's transfer pricing is fit for regulatory purposes requires bringing a lot of stakeholders to the table. We often find ourselves in projects where we're working across the bank with tax, with regulatory, with accounting, with finance, with legal, with the business, bringing all these stakeholders together to create a structure and a framework where the pricing is going to stand up, not just from a policy perspective that it's going to be considered arm's length or consistent with 23B, but also from a process perspective and to help banks put in place the technology that they need to automate some of this in a way that's going to be compliant for regulators and tax authorities. To Maggie's point, when we're thinking about the regulations in Reg W, that's not just cross-border. Most transfer pricing, it has to be international. Reg W, in 23B specifically, looks to bank affiliates. Those can be all domestic. We have many regional banks in the U.S. that have requirements that do not have other transfer pricing. That is another area where we work with clients to make sure they're meeting those regulatory requirements, even if their business is fully domestic. Something else I find interesting here is this shift towards tax authorities expecting so much more data and collaboration. I mean, banking is already a space where you have massive transactions. And now that we have the computational power to be able to analyze those more quickly, 
that's going to lead to not only an increase in the amount of work that's already happening, but in expectations to be able to deliver quality data to those tax authorities. And the fact that you have to bring so many people together, this just must be a continual challenge. Different tax authorities have different levels of experience working with financial services, different levels of sophistication in terms of their understanding of financial products. So it's not uncommon for our banking clients to be mired in long-term audits that are locally based. And more and more we're seeing banks look to that multilateral platform to try to reconcile some of these audits, being strategic about how to leverage some of the more sophisticated tax authorities and their views to influence and resolve issues that might have popped up in smaller jurisdictions. Frequently in those local field audit teams, you will find people who do not have a wealth of knowledge in banking. And it does lead to long, strenuous audits where there are many, many IDRs issued. And a lot of that is education, making sure the field examiner understands the business and understands the industry. A really unique aspect to banking that may be different from other industries is the prevalence of branches. Branches are essentially extensions of their parent entity, but the financials of a branch will roll up and consolidate into the parent and may be tracked separately, but they are not a separate legal entity. (sighs) However, from a transfer pricing perspective, we still need to understand what the branch is doing separate from the parent, right? So to use an example, let's say I run an American bank and I have a branch of my bank in Singapore, but it's not a separate legal entity. However, I'm still going to treat it as a separate legal entity for the purposes of transfer pricing. Why is that? (laughs) In the banking sector, it's common for banks to operate in a branch structure or in a controlled foreign corporation or subsidiary structure. And in some places, banks can have both a branch and a subsidiary operating at the same time. There are many reasons why a bank might choose to open a branch operation. Some of those are related to capital requirements. Some of them are related to regulatory requirements. A branch is part of the entity of its head office. It's not a separate legal entity. But when we're thinking about things from a transfer pricing perspective, the authorized OECD approach directs us to consider the branch as a separate legal entity. Once you have functions, assets, and risks, now you have the profile of a synthetic legal entity. And from there, we price transactions as we would in the normal transfer pricing world. I like that description, a synthetic legal entity, because that's what it is. (laughs) Thank you both, Bree and Maggie. This was really interesting and a wonderful way to continue to explore transfer pricing in the financial services. Banking is something that is pretty critical to all of our lives, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. So I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Brittany. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks for joining me on this adventure in transfer pricing. See you next time.